0: welcome everyone to the initial show of Worldview Matters. We're glad that you have joined us. We hope you join us many times over the ensuing weeks and months and possibly whether you would join us or not will have to do with what we have to say, how you receive that. So I think it's important as we begin this first show to introduce myself and my co-host. I'm Ross, my co-host is Bob. I'll tell you a little more about each of us in just a second. But worldview matters is a show with Big Brains Media, and by the way, we're grateful to the all the people at Big Brains Media, James and JP, and all the staff that make this possible. There are other shows on Big Brains Media, as you well know, and all of those are designed, hopefully, to be something that uh, a vast audience will be interested in in listening to and interacting with, and we want worldview matters to be exactly that. We're taking a different tack than some of the other shows on Big Brains Media. And so I think it's important for you to understand exactly what we are going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about worldview and why it matters and what the matters are of worldview. A lot of people may be mistaken in terms of what they believe a worldview is, or even what a worldview is, or if they have a worldview. But let me let me stop for just a second, introduce Bob, introduce myself. I'm Ross, and my co-host is Bob. Um, Bob and I have been friends for four decades. We're, we're very close friends. We, we do things quite differently in terms of our vocation. Bob is the head of a Christian ministry, a worldwide ministry. And it deals with apologetics and, and bringing people to maturity in, a Christian, in the Christian life. I have a financial background, really educated as an engineer, but changed into the financial field years ago. Started a financial firm four, 40, almost 40 years ago, and we do training and teaching for people in the financial uh, world. So we have different views. As a matter of fact, Bob is a, you might say, Bob's a professional Christian, and I have to be good for nothing. Uh, little joke, didn't probably come across all that well, but that's the case. Let me introduce Bob before we get into what our show's going to be about. Let him say a little bit about himself and what he believes about this issue of worldview and how it matters. Well, thanks, Ross. I appreciate being with you on this, uh,
1: in this format. I appreciate Big Brains Media and their mission to uh, make ideas matter around our culture. I know that's very important. And that's really a lot of what we're going to be talking about. And I, I also appreciate you for mentioning our friendship because you and I do go way back. We've known each other for three or four decades. Uh, we've watched our children grow up together, our grandchildren grow up, and it's, uh, it's thrilling um, to see that happen. In fact, I, I really believe that the fact that we are friends and we're fairly ordinary guys really – uh, gives us an advantage in terms of talking about worldview. Because we're we're not authorities in the area of philosophy or science. We've got undergraduate degrees and we've done graduate studies, but we really look at this as uh, looking at the world the way ordinary people like us look at the world. People who are trying to live life well. People who've uh, got families and friends themselves. And we've discovered that worldview really does matter.
0: I think your points are are well made. We want this to be practical. While we're going to delve into some fairly deeply theological issues, we do want it to be practical and be pedestrian in that it is able to be applied to everyday life. Because the question is, does worldview really matter? What is it? It's practical. If you look at the election that's coming up, if you look at the financial situation, if you look at raising your kids, how does this issue of worldview really matter in those things? We want it to be practical. What is truth? Is truth relative or absolute? What's secular humanism? How does it relate to the Christian worldview? What is this thing called apologetics? Am I an apologist? What is it? Does it? Does it mean an apology or does it mean the building of an ability to discuss and convince about your, quote, worldview. So again, we want this to be very practical, and that's going to be our goal. We hope you will interact with us. Give us some questions. Tell us what you think. Tell us how you feel about some of the things we talk about. Ask us some things that we can discuss on these shows. We'd be Happy to do so, and over the course of the next few minutes, we're going to lay out a pattern that we will be following, quite probably over the ensuing months.
1: That's a great point, Ross, and I think maybe a good place to start is just talking about what is worldview. It's really what the what the term uh, explains. It's a way of looking at or viewing the world in which we live, if you will. It's the it's the lens. Or perspective that determines what we think is real uh, and what we think is important. It is uh, basically is comprised of all the the fundamental beliefs through which we look at other people, our purpose, and our future. Those kind of things.
0: Well, you know, uh, everybody has a worldview. Whether you have. Looked at consciously the term worldview and tried to put on paper what your worldview is after you've understood what worldview, the, the definition of worldview is, you have one. As Bob says, it's a lens. It's the way we look at everything, it's the way we make decisions, it's the way we evaluate what we see. Two people with totally different positions, let's say on religion, can look at an issue and take totally different positions because of the lens through which they evaluate what they see. That's exactly right. And as you said, not everybody looks at the world the
1: same way. And while everybody has a right to look at the world from their perspective, in fact, that's really the only way we can look at the world from our perspective. Uh, just like a lens, however, our worldview can become cloudy. It can become distorted. And so one of the things we're going to be looking at as we go ahead is, How do we determine what is the right lens through which to view the world? One of the popular worldviews of our culture today is that it really doesn't matter what you believe. You can believe anything you want to. As long as you're sincere about that, uh, it's okay. In fact, uh, it's sort of uh, looked at as almost being uh, popular to say uh, anything you want to believe is relative to your perspective. And in one sense, that is true. But in another sense, it really does matter how we look at the world because if one person says something is blue and somebody else says something is red, they can't both be right if there's really a real red and a real blue. So that's what we're talking about really as we get into the idea of, uh, of what a worldview is because at some point, it's going to get into the idea of what is really
0: true and what is really not true. Well, I think the thing that we've probably all seen is the blind man looking at the elephant. And so the blind man looks at the elephant and uh, he will walk around the elephant, grab the tail and say, wow, that must be a banana tree and that's a rope. And then he walks around further and he feels the the side of the elephant. he says, ah, that must be an alligator because it's rough. Now the issue is he, he's, he sees in his mind's eye something totally different based on what he's looking at or what he's visualizing with his hands, so to speak, at that moment. But the point is that the elephant hasn't changed, regardless of the perspective that he has in looking at that elephant. So that's the issue of truth. The question is, is there one thing that is actually true? And, And unless there is absolute truth, then the person who argues, and the person who has the strongest vocabulary, and the person who is the smartest will win every argument unless we are all seeking that one thing which is true. I think that's a great
1: illustration, Ross, and all of us resonate with the idea of the uh, the four blind men or the five blind men trying to describe what an elephant is, because I think one of the things that we do recognize is in a civil society, you give people the right to have a different perspective than yours. That's part of what it means to be, to be citizens of a country like ours. However, uh, when those, when those people were describing the elephant, there was still an elephant that was behind that. Their perspective might have been different on how to describe it, but there was still an elephant. There was something real behind their perspectives. And that, we're going to be getting at that as we, as we unpack this idea of worldview, that regardless of what perspective we're coming from, what tradition we're coming from, what religious beliefs we might have— there is a core reality underneath all things. In fact, uh, that's really one of the things that we need to look at when we think about worldview. The, the philosophers, uh, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, the two great philosophical questions that they approached philosophy from were what is the nature of the universe? Uh, is it earth, wind, fire, and water? What is the, na- what is the world around us like? And then the second great philosophical question was, "What's the purpose of man?" And as we're going to see as we go forward, those questions really
0: relate to how we view the world around us. You know, I think that to to take off from that and move to, say, a little bit different level, uh, you know, I know you and I have discussed many times that there are four basic questions that man asks himself in some way. And I first heard this from. Uh, Ravi Zacharias, who's considered to be one of the world's foremost Christian apologists, and those questions are where do I come from? Where does man come from? Where do I come from? By what rules should I live my life? Are there rules I should live my life by? Is there a purpose in my being? Is there a purpose in my life? And then where am I going when I die? And In talking with people, atheist or anyone, in dealing with those four issues, you'll find that you can have a very interesting conversation. And anyone who's listening can step back, ask yourself those questions. Where did I come from? Are the rules by which I should live my life? Is there a purpose to my being in my life? And where will I go when I die? Those are very key issues as you have a worldview about where we are today. I know that there are, is an expansion of that that bob can tell us a little bit more about and we'll as bob says use the term unpacking we'll unpack those issues in subsequent shows and we'll give you a little sense of where we will probably go with the next show at the end of each one but maybe bob can expand on those four points that i've just mentioned here
1: and i think that's a great point robbie's also one of my
0: great friends and colleagues
1: uh, i uh, i've uh... Um, enjoy everything i've ever heard robbie talk about uh, in fact, James Sire, who's also a colleague of Ravi, uh has been sort of the definitive expert on all things worldview. He has written the textbook that most universities use in their philosophy classes when it gets to the issue of where there's a worldview. And he basically breaks worldview down into eight questions, things that we must answer if we're going to have a cohesive or a cogent worldview. The first question is, what is prime reality? What he's talking about there, Ross, is... What is really real? What is true truth? The second question is what is the nature of the world around us? Uh, Is it created or is it accidental? Uh, Is it material or is it immaterial? Or Maybe it's a combination of both. The third question is, and Ravi talked about this, is what does it mean to be human? Are we just a, a product of evolution? Are we a complex machine? Are we sleeping gods? Are we, are we created in the image of the Most High God? The fourth question is, what happens when we die? Well, is there an afterlife? Do we go to a better place? Do we cease to exist? Is there reincarnation? All these get at some of the worldviews that are out in the marketplace of ideas. The fifth question is, how do we know anything? Uh, this, is a, this is a Rhodes Scholar term, but basically that's epistemology what is the basis of consciousness and reason? How do we know what we know? The sixth question is, what's right and wrong? Is there such a thing as right and wrong? We seem to be living in a a culture today where people have thrown out the notion of right and wrong. Uh, The seventh question is, what is the meaning of history? Is history purposeful? Is it accidental? Is it linear? Is it cyclical? How does the world fold together as man lives on the planet. And the last question is what are the core life commitments that go with the worldview and are they consistent with my worldview? And this is really important because it gets back to why I think and why we think this program is important because what we think we believe is not always what we actually believe. In other words, our choices don't always align with our creeds. And so it's important that we examine what we believe. I know that a lot of us are are what are bibliocentric Christians. We have a theistic worldview. There are things that we believe about God through the scriptures. But if we look at our lives, we have to recognize that even as as Christians, we don't always live our worldview consistent
0: with our life choices, or vice versa. You know... As I listen to those uh, eight things, and as we've discussed them before, Bob, I'm drawn to number seven this issue of history. I happen to have spent a week in Germany last week uh, looking at history. I'm uh, writing a book on World War II. And so history has become so alive to me. And as I walk through, the things that had a great deal to do with history and where we are as a nation, I, and I look at these points that Bob just talked about: is history purposeful? Is it accidental? Is it linear? Is it cyclical? And as I think back on those that time I spent in Berlin and Mannheim last week, I said, "Was it purposeful? Was there? Was this accidental? For example, was it accidental that?" Hitler did not capture the 400,000 people that were able to escape at Dunkirk. We're going to talk about history and life in these terms. So you can take this seventh point, uh, what's the meaning of history, and we'll try to relate that to today's situation as best we possibly can. So that's just as a Chasing this rabbit here as I listen to what he you said. Know, and,
1: and it's not a rabbit at all because we have to realize something that we're living history right now. We're writing history right now. Uh, the children that we're raising, and I know there are a lot of moms and dads out there listening to this program. The children that we're raising, they're going have to have an effect on the world around us. One of them is probably going to be the next president at some point in the future. So how we raise our children, how we make our choices, how we spend our money, who we vote for, even what we watch on television, all of these things are really extensions
0: of what we believe. See, as Bob used the word epistemology a while ago, how does epistemology relate to us living every day? How does it relate to getting up at seven thirty and beginning the day and and how does this fit in does it fit in do i need to know what that's all about and all this relates to the lens through which we look at the world that we live in every day and how we modify our behavior based on what we see and based on the truth of god's word and how we know
1: what we know is a very important part of our worldview because as we know from our listeners a a lot of people that are hearing us and the way that you and i approach worldview Ross is based on the fact that we believe that God has spoken something. He's given us revelation. He's given us understanding. Uh, He's given us a perspective on the world because He's the creator of the world. But that working knowledge of God and His world, uh, we've derived from a study of the Scriptures. So at some point, we're going to have to talk about how do we know that our Scriptures are more reliable than other. Books,
0: other writings that also say
1: that they're scriptural.
0: well you know interesting what what just happened in Egypt we saw um, we saw a relationship that our nation had with Egypt and Egypt has been uh, you probably would consider a friend uh, an ally Mubarak was for all of his foibles an ally of the US but in some ways we uh, allowed that to slip away from us and the Muslim Brotherhood has taken over Egypt and many saw that over this this past weekend so what does that mean what is the Islamic worldview? how does that fit in with the global world in which we live today and we it's no longer we no longer can limit our understanding to the state in which we live the geographic region in which we live the US we live in a global world today, and what happens in Iraq, what happens in Germany does have something to do with our own life. And so we need to know that, and that worldview is important. I heard last night Alan West speak of, uh, of Islam, and he is, a, he is a very knowledgeable person on the effect that Islam can have in our world today. I would encourage you to uh, begin to think about that because what we believe has consequences. Everything we believe, all ideas we have, all actions that we take have some sort of consequence. The question is, what are those consequences going to be? Are we going to deal with them before the fact? And how does it change the way that we live our life? And, uh,
1: you know, you're exactly right. Ideas do have consequences. In fact, even your reference to the Islamic Brotherhood, um, historians have noted that there is a direct tie between the Islamic Brotherhood and Adolf Hitler. And that's chilling to think of that. Uh, Because behind this, we come to understand that there is something going on Behind the scenes, behind what we can visibly see, and this is where our Christian worldview comes into play, we understand that the world that we see around us, the material world, is a real world, but there's also an invisible world that's parallel, in some way connected, in a very significant way, to this world, and these worlds interact with each other, and that uh, that can be very uh, very exciting. As it relates to how God might be able to move throughout history, it can also be very sinister, even chilly, as we think about the
0: fact that evil is real. Sinister, chilly, evil. Those are uh, issues, I think, and words that we need to be very cognizant of in our world today. And you're what may seem like an obtuse reference to Islam, the Islamic worldview, and Hitler I'd say that less than one-tenth of one tenth of 1% of the listeners have ever heard of that particular situation. But there, and we'll, we'll probably deal with this at some point in, in a subsequent show, but there is a direct connection between the military, the WAFA. And uh, the Baltic region and islam and it 's a it 's a very seemingly obtuse but very real connection that take that took place in in those particular areas so great point bob uh, we will uh, sometimes and Bob and I have no had no understanding that that point was going to come up so we're we're kind of speaking from the hip here, and it's interesting that that point did come up because it really relates to uh, to what we're talking about today and worldview, and I think that's the way this show is going to go, Ross. Why I'm so
1: excited about it. I think it's going to be fun. I hope our listeners are going to enjoy this, but I also think that and hope that it's going to prompt our listeners to think at a deeper level. I guess, I guess if it were, I know we're just about out of time on this this, uh, this inaugural program here, but I guess I'm hoping that this program is going to accomplish three things. Uh, in the in the hearts of our listeners, but first of all, I hope that each of you out there will will realize that ideas do have consequences. What we believe is very important. Uh, a popular worldview of this postmodern American culture is pluralism. We're going to talk about as it. a worldview at some point. Pluralism is the worldview basically that says. Ideas don't really matter. You can believe anything that you want to believe. Uh, it doesn't matter at all, with one exception. If you disagree with that worldview, they'll take you to task on that because uh, absolutism, which is different than pluralism, says it does matter what you believe. So I do. I hope that, that our listeners will, will come over and say, you know what, what I think does matter. I think a second goal that I hope we can accomplish is that each of our listeners will be able to identify their own personal worldview. We're going to be looking at different worldviews, as you know, Ross, as we go forward, the different ways as they answer these eight questions of what constitutes a worldview. And and I think, thirdly, I hope that our listeners will be able to discover and embrace the worldview that explains what is most real, or what is most real. And a, a, a lot of how we're going to have to do that is not look at things from a non-scientific perspective but realize there's two kinds of science. There's laboratory science where you can repeat something over and over again and then there's forensic science where you can't go back and repeat history because it's happened linearly but you can go back and look at the evidence and come up with what, is, what best explains
0: the facts that we have in front of us. Great point. Let's take the word pluralism. Let me go back to Bob's second point. The word that you probably have heard most is tolerance. And Bob's point about pluralism is that people who believe that all ideas are the same accept that. If you don't believe that, then that is wrong. That's the issue of tolerance. And tolerance has been uh, bandied about as being the, we, we need to be tolerant. We need to be accepting. We need to take everything in. But now if you don't believe that, They're intolerant about that. So they become intolerant about the word tolerance or about the tolerance issue. Sounds like a a dog chasing its tail, but it is a a main issue that that is very, very important. As Bob says, I think we've come to the point where we need to conclude this inaugural um, show for Worldview Matters. Hopefully we've given you a taste of where we're going with this. Uh we've laid out, as Bob has said, eight points that we want to be discussing about what people think. Before that I mentioned four points. Where where do we come from? Is there a purpose to my life? Are there rules by which I should live? And the fourth thing, where am I going when I die? Bob expanded that into eight more subsets and we'll deal with those issues. And then he left us with three important things that I would hope you would think about as you think about coming back to talk with us and listen to us next time. And also think about who it is that you're going to call and tell them about this show so that they will also listen to us and engage with us in this process of learning how to be more effective in knowing what our work, worldview is and establishing a worldview that is coincident and congruent with the worldview that Christ has for us. But ideas have consequences. Everything that you think has consequences. We'd like for every person to identify what is your own worldview and then to discover how to embrace the worldview that God has for us. Bob, I'm, grateful for the opportunity to spend more time with you. We've spent a great deal of time with together over the years. This is going to give us a chance to to uh, discuss many things that you and I have discussed in our own life with a lot of people. We're looking forward to that. Thanks again to J.P. and James for allowing us to do this. We are thankful for Big Brains Media and all that it, it means. Uh, James has done a fantastic job of putting this together. We just believe it's going to touch many, many lives over uh, a broad scale and over a big geographic area. We're grateful to be a part of that. Please come back and be with us again, Ross and Bob. Thanks, Bob, for being with us. It's me. great to be with you, Ross, because truth is what Amen. See you next week.